uh, more difficult to fundraise for the emerging fund managers out there. So those who have not done it before because they do not have the track record with the existing fund, sometimes, you know, they still have not uh, built up a proper investment. So hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. So today we have a bit of a different format. We have two guests, amazing guests joining us, Tanya, who's an ex-VC, and we have Alexander, who's a partner at three different funds, including Khan Ventures. So we're going to do a couple of intros first, so everyone can get familiar with each other. So firstly, we'll start with Alexander, then Tanya. So Alexander, can you just share with the audience like who you are and what you do currently? So uh, thanks, Rookie. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm a partner at Khan Ventures. Khan is a late-stage investment fund. We do primarily deals in the field of deep tech across the developed markets. Uh, also, I am uh, working with governments of a few major markets like uh, Pakistan, uh, South Africa, and uh, Thailand to help them build up their innovation ecosystems and to support the growth of their local startups internationally. And uh, also uh, giving lectures on venture capital innovation, sustainable finance, and entrepreneurship uh, in a bunch of universities, including the University of Cambridge. That's a pretty interesting introduction. Now, Tanya, could you share a bit about yourself, what you currently do, what you were doing in the past, and how you got started in venture, maybe? like, Yeah. yeah could you just share something on that front? Yeah, for sure. So I actually got into venture uh, straight after uni. And how I got in was actually because I used to really uh, spend a lot of time going to conferences and volunteering at conferences as a student volunteer. And at one of these conferences, I met a VC and I really liked, uh, you know, who she was, what she was working, what she was doing. Uh, And so I asked her if I can come intern with her uh, for three months and I ended up staying for three years. So it was a very uh, traditional kind of VC fund based in Hong Kong. And uh, we were primarily looking at uh, a lot of, it was uh, sector agnostic, so my focus or my value add, which I thought, you know, I could contribute to the fund was I, I was the youngest person there. And there was one market which I really understood, which is Gen Z. So I used to focus on the Gen Z consumer market. Uh, so that was a lot around lifestyle, fashion, F&B, uh, media, uh, fintech. So those were my focus. And then after that, I quit my job, started my own podcast as well. Uh, and then right now I'm, I do media strategy for some startups and I also source deals for a couple of high net worth individuals in the U S who want access to the Asia market. Wow. That's amazing. You've got such a wealth of experiences from VC now doing deal sourcing, podcasting. So the photo is the problem. Okay, that was a really interesting discussion to start it off. So let's get right into the meat of the episode today. Like what the audience really wants to hear is, so as ex-VC and as a current VC, like what is your take on the current state of VC? Is capital being deployed? What's going on there and on the ground? Or yeah, what have you been observing, reading, seeing? Like anything you could share? Uh, Opening the floor to any of you to answer this question. Uh, sure, maybe I can take it uh, to start. So I think the, the VC investing has definitely slowed down. You know, 
uh, I, I'm still very plugged into the VC ecosystem, especially in Asia. So I think uh, in terms of investments, it's definitely slowed down compared to 2020, 2021. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest reasons is that the dry powder that VCs have is right now it's like kind of finishing and it's hard for them to raise funds, especially in Southeast Asia. Uh, and because of that, you know, uh, it's just harder to find more VC activity in this region. And I, I've also been seeing that a lot of tech startups, they've kind of run out of their runway in Southeast Asia. So um, when they try to raise, it's so difficult for them to raise in this moment. So, uh, you know, a lot of really good quality founders have actually moved back into corporate jobs because it's just been so difficult for them to raise. Uh, but this is, I think, primarily only in Southeast Asia. I think India still has like a really booming kind of startup ecosystem, despite everything. And I'm sure the U.S. has as well. But I think Alexander would be better uh, suited to talk about that. Well, that's a sad position to be in, you know, to leave the corporate job uh, to try and, you know, introduce something new and then have to go back uh, to where you came from. But look, actually, I don't entirely agree that uh, the VC fundraising has actually slowed down since 2021 because, well, maybe it's true if you compare it to 2018, but as you remember, in 2021, there was COVID and VC as an asset class, it's uh, one of the riskiest ones out there. So actually, you know, it, it got slashed massively by the biggest VC investors out there who are, you know, pension funds, funds of funds, uh, corporations, just because they were not really willing to make uh, as many gambles uh, at such high stakes as before. So I would actually say that, you know, um, the VC market is recovering and it is recovering, uh, especially at the later stages. So let's say uh, Series B plus, the growth stages and beyond, because over there, there is uh, much less risk in comparison to the earlier stages. There are more uh, potential opportunities to look at when it comes to the actual um, financial performance and whatnot. Uh, but obviously, you know, it does depend on the region. Uh, like, for example, in uh, Silicon Valley or in the UK or in Singapore, uh, these are the hotbeds of fundraising and uh, VC activity. Uh, while in some major markets, uh, there are still many things that needs to be changed in order for VC to properly pay attention to the region. So um, I think that, you know, when you've mentioned India, I think it's a very interesting case because actually it has been, you know, uh, on the radar of many VC firms from, uh, you know, uh, the Western European region, from the North American region, some even uh, of the Asian funds are looking into it. Uh, yeah. And um, I think that, you know, a problem is that some sectors in the Indian high-tech economy, they have become very, very overvalued. And mm. as a result, uh, for a VC, well, your job as a VC is to uh, spot the undervalued opportunities, right? And as a result, it's uh, much less of an actual business case, especially since uh, there is a big difference in mindset between Indian entrepreneurs and the Western one so it's difficult to source those investments and to help them grow unless you actually have physical presence in the region as a vc and not every uh, western fund uh, can afford to do so yeah for sure i actually agree i think series b onwards like the vc activity is still kind of recovering but it's truly like the early stage that's been suffering like 
I think I was recently talking to one of my VC friends and I know for a fact that there are two very prominent VC funds in Singapore that have invested in, uh, you know, early stage companies that where the only tech is like a website. So uh, I think like tech investing is definitely slowing down. Uh, but, you know, VCs, like some of them, they did manage to raise their funds at a good time. So they do have some capital, but they just don't know where to deploy as well. So it's kind of like a chicken and egg. Uh, you know, there's some funds that have just run out of funds, not being able to raise. The ones that have, you know, they're not being able to deploy because there aren't that many startups in Southeast Asia right now. So it's just like a big chicken and egg problem. But I do think, you know, once more money comes in, I think it can be solved. That was an extremely fascinating discussion between both of you and like agreeing, disagreeing and whatnot. So my next question and the last question I think we can have today is, so are LPs still being onboarded or not? Has the LP cash dried up? Like, what's your take on that? And yeah, like anything you could share on that, Tanya and Alexander, floors open for you both to discuss. Well, sure, let me just start on that. So I think that uh, it's definitely... Uh, more difficult to fundraise for the emerging fund managers out there. So those who have not done it before because they do not have the track record with the existing fund. Sometimes, you know, they still have not uh, built up a proper investment thesis or, you know, uh, set up the right uh, structure to attract the right LPs. But uh, when you look at the big uh, funds and the big markets, you would find that uh, quite a lot of the brand names out there, they are struggling to really generate the same returns that they have done historically. And what they're trying to do is either uh, go to the emerging markets to take advantage of arbitrage opportunities or to go earlier stage. So for example, uh, traditionally they were, you know, a late stage fund, now they're doing seed the Series A or even setting up their own accelerator programs. And this is good for them because uh, not only it gives them access to new potential uh, LP opportunities, but also uh, a chance to spot good deals earlier on, build relationships with entrepreneurs, and then once you know they grow to the traditional investment stage, uh, get in at a much better valuation, and uh, as a result, you know avoid uh, the competition that is inherently present uh, in the developed markets at the later stages. While for the emerging fund managers, I would say that uh, it is very very important to find their own niche, uh, even. Uh, you know, if, even if you have a big market, you would find that uh, there are niches that are doing well, there are others which are not doing so well. And uh, within that niche, to build the right team when it comes to scouting the startups, when it comes to portfolio management, when it comes to uh, even potentially, you know, generating those exits. Because without that, it's difficult to not only attract the right LPs in the beginning, but also to actually have a smooth uh, transition into fund two, which would be if you're an earlier stage fund only in the next uh, five to 10 years down the road. So a lot can change in that period of time. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I think for emerging fund managers, it's getting more and more difficult to raise a fund. But I do believe that, you know, if you're really good, you'll always get money. Uh, so you just have to identify what your niche is, what your value add is. And of course, because it's harder, you have to do it more aggressively. Uh, but you're, if you're able to kind of prove what value you bring and why you're best suited to invest in a particular niche, 
or in a particular region, there's no reason that you won't be able to raise. Extremely interesting insights from both of you. So uh, let's wrap it up here. So uh, because we're at 15 minutes already. So um, yeah, so do share like how the audience can get in touch with you, how they can connect with you, learn from you, what all you have going on, anything you want to plug, you can plug right now. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So uh, you can find me on pretty much every social media platform. So LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, and all my social handles are the same. So it's I am Tanya338. And yeah. You're on TikTok as well? Yeah, I really am. (laughs) That's how you know I'm Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn slightly more traditional there. I would love to, you know, hear your crazy investment ideas. Uh, also, you know, potentially share some advice of my own. I've been uh, investing across Southeast Asia, uh, Western Europe, uh, United States, and, you know, seeing a bunch of mistakes and a bunch of founders being successful. would love to, you know, help uh, aspiring entrepreneurs, um, you know, have a much smoother journey. For sure, for sure. So this was a really great episode and thank you so much for coming on and being the first guest as part of this new format that I'm doing, which is like the state of. So I'll be doing a bunch of these different episodes with VCs, angel investors, bootstrappers, like this, just going over the state of like different, different industries and different, different sectors as well. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on and I'll pause. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, I have an open opportunity to reach this audience. So if you want to reach college students and freshers interested in startups and venture capital, and just in terms of the demographics, the age of 18 to 22 is the highest age demographic in India and US are the two largest country demographics of listeners for this podcast. Email me at bizpodruhi at gmail.com. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode and hope you've learned something new.